Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 86 for Tuesday, November 10th. I'm Alex Uwe here today with Alex Rudy, Farbod Markazi, and Ray Estrada. How you guys doing? Oh, this is still World Series champs. <laughs> right. yeah, do you have to remind yourself of that every day just to like... Yeah, sort of. Democrats are U.S. <laughs> yes. I was... Lakers are still world champs. I was going to make a joke about, like, do you think the, the Rays are going to file lawsuits uh, against Major League Baseball in, in, uh, in hopes Honestly, that they, they would have a better case given the virus shenanigans of Justin Turner. Yeah, that's that's one, too. I, we did talk about that last time, but there there's some new information about that. We don't need maybe, to rehash it. We don't need to I rehash it, but I'm sure it'll come up. It'll come up a little bit in our discussion because... there There is a lawsuit in the MLB. Jeff Luna is suing the Astros. Oh. Ah, exciting. The lawsuits. 22 million, I think I read. Quite quite the, yeah. the sum. Basically saying he was the bargain to keep the World Series title. Wait. Huh? That is what he's. <laughs> that's a weird, it's a weird argument. I'm confused. This is not what and, we were planning on talking yet, about today. <laughs> and yet, Hinch and Cora both employed yes. already, so maybe he did get screwed. No, yeah. So Jeff Luno is claiming that the Astros uh, fired him to, uh, so that MLB would not take away their title. Basically, he claims that um, if say the Astros had not fired him. The uh, MLB would have stripped the title. Ah, uh, he was merely was just playing. a chess piece in this bigger game. Scapegoat. Scapegoat. Yep. So that's not the main topic of today. Today's the main topic kind of is supposed to be free agency. <laughs> We're going to talk about everything to do with free agency, or as much as we can. Uh, the COVID implications. The the 2021 CBA is, you know, negotiated next year, one off season from now. So there's. Things to think about with that too, and we'll we'll discuss the early signs and in reports about what this this landscape will look like, uh, and of course we'll talk about the top free agents and the the teams that will need to be the busiest uh, as we move along here. So you know that those other news items that were that were brought up are are equally interesting. You know, with with Cora and Hinch and and Luno and and all the Astros shenanigans, but. Man, we we have to we have to land somewhere, right? Uh, I think the the place to start would of course be with what we've talked about all year long, and that's how COVID has impacted not just this regular season and postseason, which we've seen play out now in its entirety—the good, the bad, the, the mostly bad—but now we talk about how it affects the off season and really how much money these these players are going to be making from teams because the early. The early indication is that that teams could cry poor about not having their their um, stadium revenue really from from fan attendance and the uh, the possibilities of that not being a major factor next year as well. So I'll ask you first, Rudy, with with regards to just how how the uh, the teams will will respond to to everything that's happened in the free agency market. Um, do you th- do you see this as a likely outcome? Is there any way to uh, to work around this, or is this inevitable? Are you saying the likely outcome is like a lack of investment? Is that what you're yeah, saying? And, and yeah, and and basically saying because we have no mm-hmm. idea what our our fan mm-hmm. uh, attendance and ticket sales will look like. Uh, right, they're going to be like we don't have the money, but we know that's not true. Um, yeah, no, I think well. I think I've been pretty consistent in being pro player and anti ownership on this podcast, but I will say, um, and I will, I will qualify us with the fact that if any sports league has untransparent, untransparent, that's like so. I guess that's opaque, um, <laughs> <laughs> opaque slash untransparent financial, translucent, um, you know visibility it would be the mlb however the reports are that they lost 3.1 billion dollars which about basically works out that every team lost about 100 million dollars supposedly give or take so i i you know we can have like the whole debate i feel like back and forth like well do they really have still enough money does it really matter these are all owned by billionaires i think 
you know, we can react that if you want, but I think like to get to cut to cut the chase chase and skip it, they're just not gonna spend very much money at all this offseason. I mean, I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong, like there was already this reckoning with MLB free agency the past couple off seasons where plenty of very like good players were not getting signed till spring training. The deals were smaller, they were shorter. There there was still the past the mega contracts, which keep on going up, it seems like all the other deals um, the wealth is just not spread around the same way it was like, you know, when Jacoby Ellsbury and, uh, you know, was given that monstrosity contract by the Yankees. So, think, yeah. On that note, though, I think while many teams will be avoiding the spending, I think this could lead to some of our, some of the top free agents, quote unquote, um, being on some more obscure teams that you just didn't think they would sign in, in a normal offseason because that the, that ownership was saw the opportunity to sign a player um, at a cost that would be decently worth it for them. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I'll say this last spiel and let someone else finally speak um, and let you go on as well, Fargo. But I think that is good. It isn't necessarily bad for competitiveness if a lot of the real, quote unquote wealthier teams. Um, spending is limited. I, I, I think, yeah, I think that's a good point that it actually might be like uh, pretty, pretty meritocratic in how it's um, implemented. But past a few guys that we'll talk about on a future podcast, I think, or perhaps in this one, I don't see a lot of big deals happening. I would not want to be a free agent this offseason. I, I think this would be my biggest prediction, and I'll show up that a lot, a lot of guys are going to take the qualifying offer for sure. I think that's a guarantee. I think that's true. I think also outside of that, you're going to see guys who may have had a good year in 2020 but don't have the track record yet um, to have been consistent players. In the past, you might have seen those players being overpaid and going back down to coming back down to earth um, while living out their overpaid contract. I think you'll see a lot more one-year deals with those type of guys uh, just to because it's – that's a cost ownership doesn't want to really spend. But at the same time, like I said, I think you'll see players, some some of the top players potentially being on some teams that you wouldn't have expected them to be interested in because some teams very might be willing to put up the money for that player. Um, I mean, there, there still could be a couple of franchises out there that say, hey, we're still going to spend. Like, I, if... 29 28 other teams don't want to spend we're still going to spend because this is our we need to improve our team so while we might lose while we might have lost money and a lot of it that why why would we lose ground on getting into the playoff chase or um, making ourselves more of a competitor for next contender for next year well and I, I'm sort of hot on the time, but I, I have three quick responses. Stop apologizing one, every time you speak. It's okay. One team, <laughs> I'm, humble. I'm humble. One team that will definitely spend is the Mets. I think it's a guarantee. But two, yes. I think there's also going to be a lot of free agents, such as like a Marcus Simeon, who had a career year in 2019 and then had a down year in this weird 2020 year. That's going to cost them a lot of money. I don't. I think at the end of the day, Agreed. Only, teams are only – they're not going to play a premium down years in 2020, even though it was such a weird season. It's just not, it's just not going to be how baseball works. It's too numbers driven. I feel like unless you have a major injury and even then probably not. And then finally, I just think I, I, you know, I wish baseball was a sport where most owners had that attitude far road where they're just going to take losses. And I think like in, in this NBA offs free agency where um, I think some really is just like, there's, there are good players, but like there really aren't that many stars. I think in that sport, you know, the owners have a cap. They'll probably spend to the cap. MLB doesn't have the salary cap. You, it's way easier to get away with not spending, you know, weirdly, even though you think the, the opposite. And I think you already see an Indians team that um, is taking massive loans, going to give away Lindor for peanuts, you know, I think that's just the first of a domino effect. I don't th- I really think, you know, I agree with you. I know um, I said at the beginning that this could like be make it the situation more even because all teams are hit and hit the same, but I I, I think I, I really think that 
you're not i'm trying to be not completely hypocrite in this statement but there's also there's also a way to look at this in the sense that this just makes the effects of the richest teams and will be having an advantage even more extreme where a yankees can re-sign their free agents and stay as good as they were before and you know another team that has just as many free agents that doesn't have that same uh bank to spend can't do that so at the end of the day like baseball has really always proven that the owners only care about their bottom line and they take care about that way more than winning i i agree with you um but at the same time i still see teams that are on the fringes of fringes or like just getting into the playoffs or like a team on like the white Sox who just made the playoffs for the first time um going out and getting a, a bat that Get going out and getting a bat, going out and getting a starting pitcher mm-hmm. that could put them um, as more of a contender for the um, for the coming years. I mean, I still think you might see the Dodgers and the Yankees and teams like that, like you said, be, being able to re-sign their guys or going out and making their team just as good or better than they were last year because they know the Yankees know that they were decently close. The Dodgers want to um, want to two beat, so it's I I think spending will still happen, but it might just be at the top and some very obscure teams yeah okay so there's a lot to unpack with with what both of you just said and and a lot of good points i'm gonna try to summarize as best i can and then throw to you ray don't worry i, I know you're still here I, i'm i'm just trying to process two pete right now he said he said they'll want to two pete i i'm trying to process the the term ray, ray can't process the one. no no no, no because ray, ray can't pro- process the one so he i've can't, never heard um, two pete before it's 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 gonna I'm catch sorry. on. It'll catch right. fire. But I'm gonna, I want to try my best to, <laughs> to summarize the most important points from from what I remember in that in that Rudy forbode back and forth. The first one being, you know, kind of going way back, the the revenue loss was not was not insignificant for for ownership, and I and I kind of describe that as them crying poor. Like that that is a significant loss of revenue that they had, not just this past season, but the projections for next season and how willing fans will be to return to ballparks even if you know vaccines do become available at some point in time or things are handled differently um this is not an open and and shut thing from 2020 this is going to continue next year uh and that will have uh, an impact on this offseason um the next one being the the major claim that you would not want to be a free agent this offseason which you know you can agree with that and Maybe we'll we'll unpack this a little bit more when we get into the CBA next uh, off season. But um, as and, and this kind of goes with what Farbode was was bringing in as well with how will a sixty game season be interpreted um, when it comes to assigning player value? There's there's not really a precedent. It can go a number of ways, and the likeliest way is going to be teams and owners as as a general consensus downgrading the value of players um, just based on that alone, it being too small a sample to to make anything out of or it being far enough removed from a, a standout 2019 performance to where um, the, the risk levels are, are just way too high. And then that final point that you were making about who will spend the money, um, it's going to be the it's going to be the same as it always is. It's all about risk right now is a riskier time than ever for teams to go out and spend money on talent on the free agent market. And you, you see teams like the Indians that were brought up who historically do not take risk uh, when it comes to spending money in free agency or even on their own talent, really, uh, because that risk is there. You talk about contracts from a decade ago. You talk about Jacoby Ellsbury money. You talk about Carl Crawford money, things like that. And those Those players didn't work out. There's a lot of things to suggest that spending big in free agency is not necessarily going to pay off but at the same time there are teams that are willing on, on both ends of the spectrum it's the uh the high rollers and the yankees and the dodgers and who who really have no risk because they have so much money but there's teams like you like you said the white Sox or the padres who will go out there and and make risky moves knowing that the window could be out there so it'll vary team to team so ray i, I think the next question that i that i want to throw to you um is is more about the player and how 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 you would feel being a free agent in this offseason 
knowing that you're coming off a, a really shortened season, you have no idea where your value is, but you have an inkling that it is going to be lower than ever. But at the same time, you, you see that on the horizon. You see CBA negotiations and hopefully not, but potentially impending player strikes, or, you know, an, M an MLB strike, which we, we can't really get into now because we just don't know enough at this point. But uncertainty, more risk from from the future with yeah. regards to how much how much you will be able to make this free agency in the in major league baseball right now is is your time to make your your paycheck really uh yeah you, you'd see a lot of guys that are around 30 years old that are looking and have to make a really careful decision about that so where do you see that this year versus next year as as a player i uh as a player um you know it you mentioned you mentioned a lot of guys right around 30 right around kind of the normal time of that big you know money making contract you wonder if maybe some guys take shorter deals more of the value kind of reset deals that we see a lot of like veterans take um maybe some of these younger guys do it just because if they sign long term now it's not going to be maybe as much per year as they would normally get so just kind of survive through next year making a little less and then get the big contract one year say a year or two older and then at next year next year with next offseason with such uncertain cba negotiations um and who knows where we are in regards to the pandemic and the the uh revenue flow of major league baseball i i mean it i don't know if you can say if it's going to be fun or not it's just scary with how much unknown there is next uh next off season mm -hmm. i don't know if you necessarily fear being a free agent next off season just that there's so much uncertainty that um it's you kind of try to put that out of your brain and just kind of go out this next season and just hope for the best mm -hmm. and, and i'll ask you next farbo because you are pretty well versed in cbas compared to the rest of us <laughs> and and ask if you can offer a little more context to an MLB CBA negotiation, like how how big are are the changes that are possible? Is or is it something that that in your mind I mean, or in history like won't won't cause ripples that really really change change the way free agency is done or or how how players are paid really? It can definitely change how uh, it can definitely change the game. I, the CBA is the governing contract, constitution, whatever you want to call it, of of the sport, of any any sport. And one thing that this time uh, reminds me, uh, one thing that this time concerns me of, and you mentioned it, it was player strikes, and we saw it. it we, I, I mentioned this during a podcast early this summer with all the arguments with all the basically major league baseball saying it's my way or the highway and then the MLBPA having their own side of it it it's looking like there might not be an agreement to have um to have been be why can't i speak today uh, it's looking like there might not be an agreement to have um at the time that the current CBA expires next year, um, 2021. It's so at that point, that's when you have to really think about the players it and, and what the players want contract wise. I mean, you would have to hope that this, the impending CBA doesn't really affect player contracts this year, but it absolutely could. Um, and, I, I forgot one of your questions. I I get riled up about CBAs. I I think I think the big question in next year's CBA negotiations, uh, looking ahead, is going to be how hard are the owners going to push for a salary cap? I think that's going to be a, a possible huge issue and easily a tractable issue, in my opinion. I think the hardest one um, overall. I think that might be one of them, but I think the hardest problem overall is how hard is the MLB going to say we want the things that we want and, and a lot of those rule changes were the rule changes that um, 
they put this season in the MLBPA said, all right, just do it. It's a 60 game season. And there's all, there's still some rule changes, some, um, contract might restructure. Get, might get a preview of that this off season. I don't yeah, know how like, talking about that, the rule changes from this off season, but I, yeah, uh, we'll probably, yeah. we'll probably get a, an understanding of what they want to do as, as time goes on. I mean, I, it's We're already getting a look at their at their tactics for for getting what they want, and you could see that during the summer, you could see that in their conversations. It wasn't the MLB saying, "Well, we would like to have a runner on second in um in extra innings, or we would like to have, uh, um, the universal DH." Um, no matter what you feel about those rules, it was the MLB saying, "We're going to have this, and if you don't like it, we're not playing," and that's them preparing. To have that as a part of the 2021, maybe they won't. Maybe they'll alter it. Maybe they'll alter either rule a little bit. But that's mm-hmm. at least them telling me that the MLB wants this, and that's that's how they see this league um, go- going on past 2021. So it's it's kind of now. Where do we find a compromise? The hope that we do have a regular 2021 offseason. I think this offseason sucks for some players, but can you imagine if the MLBPA and the MLB can't come to an agreement to sign a CBA um, right after this one is expired next offseason? Yeah, and it's scary. Can you imagine being it's a free a scary agent thought. when you don't even know when the next time you're going to be able to play baseball again? That's your job. Right, and and that's why this is, you know, beyond just everything else in in the world and the uncertainty of you know when and how this game will be played. Um, really, just what what is the future? How is this going to impact the rest of my career? Um, that's that's a scary question to ask. But I I do want to to consider the fact though that it, it's in in a collective bargaining agreement. It is it seems unlikely that back backwards progress will be made in terms of where players stand like if in my in my thoughts the players will have the resolve to to hopefully change the way that that free agency works and how and how team control works and that has been a battle that's been fought for so long but at I least disagree. there should be there should be a little bit of comfort under really like disagree. knowing that it that it won't go the opposite direction that that they they are in more danger of of losing losing a paycheck than they are right now like it's it's already pretty bad right now um so i, I that my my point is that waiting till next year won't necessarily mean you'll be worse off than this off season even though there's uncertainty you can you can hope that things will improve best case scenario um there's there's some sweeping changes that people have been asking for for a long time it seems unlikely but that is a best case scenario that is possible at the same time uh rudy do you want to go ahead and and discuss like how you how you think change could could go the in the other way do you and that could that could hurt players more uh in the long term yeah i don't i don't think i i i am i don't really see the same optimism from what like the tea leaves that i read i feel like you can comp- you compare the mlb's uh players unity to, and there's like a lot of speculation but to like the nba's and i just feel like they're like so behind on like what a modern like healthy um players movement is and i know that's like drifting with the social measures but like the thing is like you with the ml the m the nba stars and like there's really no doubt in their next collective collective bargaining agreement that like if they don't make gains like they're maintaining the status quo like i don't see that mm-hmm. in the mlb i feel like they have no leverage the economic landscape of the sport is only get worse and they already like really got bullied severely uh this time i i, I just don't i just don't Agreed. see the, the future where they I, I where they win anything i mean they the the, the walls are closing on them is the way i see it oh, in general it, it does feel that, that way aren't, 
I don't think that people remember that the previous CBA was signed about hours or a day before the deadline. That mm-hmm. one was coming. They they were having troubles. The MLBPA and the MLB were having troubles even coming to an agreement for the 2016 CBA. Mm-hmm. And, so and and I will they, say they were already headed down a down a hard path. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is because I have looked into CBAs a little bit and it, it I'm a little more pessimistic about this. I'm obviously mm-hmm. hopeful that they come to an agreement and baseball happens and it's both sides are happy, but I don't know how this is, how that, how likely that is. Yeah. And I, and I will say that it is really hard, especially just for, for four of us who, who are not, you know, entrenched in, in what's going on to really understand just because there are so many variables in, in understanding the compromises or, the, or who has the power in, in what realms and in, in what's being discussed. Like the CBA covers, yes, it does cover, free agency and in, in, in the in team control and things that we're discussing right now but it also covers the game itself right you know talking about how how playoffs will change and, and other rule changes really really integral parts of the game that that almost that almost can can be interpreted as as fluff if you really want to get down to it and, and simplify it and say the the players union's goal is to to get their players as much money as possible and, and everything else is just kind of but, kind ooh. of surrounding that. Um, I, yeah, go ahead. I just don't understand. I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure how to argue, but I guess, like, the way I look at it is, like, I'm not hearing, I guess, to me, is, like, but, like, what makes you think past, like, being able to hold out that they, like, have really any leverage? So I look at it this way. Like, the most leverage a union has is when the league is making the most money because if they don't play then the owners miss out on revenue. Mm-hmm. Now it's the opposite. It's the owners are taking losses and if the players don't play and don't get paid, they probably save money overall. So I don't see what they go to the table with. The, the owners I, are taking I, losses. I, I would be willing revenue. to argue though that say 2021, you know, hopefully the pandemic situation improves throughout the year and we get back to relative normalcy. The, if you're talking about the league making the most amount of money, the league would be set up well to really bounce back in 2022, or yeah, in 2022. So you would help. It it would be, it would be bad if you know they had a strike for up mm-hmm. until June, and then all that potential bounce back is gone. So that could be that could turn the leverage in the, in the players' favor. It I, I is think, certainly. It is certainly in the best interest of both parties to come together to an agreement. But I do have to agree with Rudy here. The players... I think it's going to be ugly. Yeah, yeah, it was ugly just trying to get the 2020 season to happen. The CBA itself is a whole other just monstrosity that they have to figure out. And I'm, I'm sure they've been trying to figure that out. Preparing, both sides have been preparing. They have lawyers, everyone preparing for negotiations um for year for years now but mm-hmm. at the same time it i don't see how the players get exactly what they want over the mlb i don't see the leverage they have there but um <clears throat> as Uwe was explaining the cba earlier for anyone who doesn't exactly know all the things that are in the cba just go to the MLBplayers.com slash CBA. Yeah, it's public. One. It is packed. With, it, it, mm. it has everything that this league covers. Yeah, and it wasn't all that long ago. These these were discussions that we were having on this podcast about super contentious um, changes to the game and, and how, how player, players like would, 10 be, podcasts would be treated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just the really, really hard-hitting self-burn right there. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think I don't really have much more to say about the CBA, and I honestly wasn't going for a very optimistic approach there. I agree that the players don't have a lot of leverage, and a strike is certainly possible, but I I also think that as bad off as players are right now, I don't think it'll get worse for players necessarily. We talk about the biggest things that they're fighting for is probably less team control to ensure that they can hit free agency 
before they're 30, right? And, and, that, and that's like one of the biggest issues that has plagued free agency as a as a whole and you, why you see the values of you know not non-top tier free agents dropping is because they're they're past their prime by the time they reach this point that that is that is one major thing that they're trying to rectify and uh, yeah it might not get better because it's such a hard fight to to go into with as little leverage as they do but i also don't think it'll get worse than it is right now that was my point I'm not saying I'm optimistic about all the problems being solved, but I, I I I do agree with what with what Rudy said now at this point that this year is gonna be a bad year to be a free agent no matter what, like worse than next year even. So I'm gonna leave it at that and we could talk CBAs all day long, I'm sure. Didn't you just uh, contradict yourself? No, I, I, I think I, earlier. I think earlier you said next year, I mean, this year would be bad. I mean, wait, yeah. No, never mind. I, I take it back. <laughs> this this year bad. Next year might be better, but could also be bad, but not worse. <laughs> then, to make things to, to make things better. more confusing than humanly possible. Just, I'm it gonna has leave a it chance at that. to be a lot better, but it could be a lot worse. No. No, I I, yes. I I don't think it could be a lot worse next year. I think, I think it, it, it could either be the same. I think it could well, be it, okay, obviously a strike would be terrible. Obviously a strike would be terrible. Like strike is pretty catastrophic. If if that's what we're talking about, it could be much worse. Then yes, but in terms if of if the CBA isn't <laughs> agreed to, come the deadline, there will not be contracts signed next year until yeah. some until there is some sort of agreement there. So by that, by those parameters, it could be a lot worse. I agree to I agree to that logic. I do. All right, uh, let's let's move on. I'm I'm eager to. Or move it could on also be worse. This. It might be worse. God damn it, Rudy! Okay, I want to talk about the players <laughs> who are interesting to teams in in the baseball implications. Now I, I'm so I'm so tired of all this uh, of all this talk. It's it's. It's interesting. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm really into. I'm really into it right now. But I'm gonna go crazy if I keep but talking. But it could about be it. worse. Stop it. Um, tr- Trevor Bauer. Subscribe to Trevor Bauer. We're, we're talking about him because he's probably subscribe one of the Trevor most. Trevor Bauer. That's my thing. Sorry, I took your thing. Let's let's talk about him because he's probably one of the most unique free agents that we've ever seen hit the market just in terms of how he's, um, presenting himself, so to speak. Are and we also, doing predictions right now. No, we're not we're doing predictions. I, I want to yeah. talk about him because okay. he's so he's so different he's t- he's talked about many times um throughout his career about wanting to take one-year deals bet on himself every single year and get as much money as possible and that being the best option for himself he's since walked that back smartly a bit since then and saying we're i'm so does I'm his looking agent. At, yeah you know his his team has walked that back smartly and d- decided okay we'll take the best contract possible of course that's that's everyone's goal. He's not limiting himself to a one-year deal, but at the same time, that does kind of offer some some sort of indication that he might be open to a short-term deal worth a lot more money than we're used to, and that interests me. It doesn't hurt that it's he is going like... to be the Cy Young this year, most likely as well. So let's just talk about that. Like, what is what what do you think his his end game? is with this offseason uh farbo I'll, I'll ask you first i when 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 you talk about short-term deal for a guy who is at the level that trevor bauer is and for a guy who takes his game and his craft so seriously i immediately turn to like superstars in the nba who have figured out that they don't want to be locked up long term for too long obviously there's some exceptions and there's some guys who are signing five-year deals, four-year deals in the NBA. But there was a time um, in the in this past decade that some of the superstars were signing one-year one year deal with a player option for the following year just to see if they want to go back the year after. I think he could, Bauer could e- easily um, sign a one- or two-year deal with the player options and opt-outs, just basically <laughs> saying, I want the money there, but I'm going to bet on myself and – I'm willing to opt in if I like the situation I'm in, but I don't want to be locked in somewhere, locked up somewhere um, for a long time. We have a chance to see the new record of most opt outs in a single contract with Trevor Bauer. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. 
every yeah start to start opt out basis um so don't piss him off that would be funny no um yeah it's it's interesting that you bring up that sport comparison it's really hard to do in general to compare free agency between sports so i often don't but um rudy rudy i'll ask you too like both have different cbas do you think trevor bauer in this in this climate in particular where he is probably the the far and away best pitcher available that that'll be a best case scenario for him despite all the things that we talked about with with how teams are are going about uh, i I do because i think trevor bauer is sorry i cut you off no no no, that was it that was the question Uh, i do think he is one of the few guys that i think is on will be unaffected because at the end of the day like an ace collar pitcher is a premium and it always will be a premium and I, i don't think he will be someone that is going to be affected by this free agency. So I I think especially when you have a team like the Mets with a lot of cash to burn to drive up the price and you have, you know, still plenty of teams that could always use them at a point of cash, like the Dodgers and the Yankees and uh, the Braves. And, you know, there's lots of teams that are trying to win right now that, I think have well, are willing to spend on him. They might not be willing to take just because the difference would be. Whereas I think in a previous year, if you miss on Trevor Bauer, you might take that money and spend on someone else. Where I think for him, it's either going to be for a lot of the teams that are in contender with him. Either we get him and we spend that dough, or we're not necessarily going to sp- just just because he might cost us whatever a hundred million dollars over four years, doesn't mean that. Oh, now that I didn't sign him, I'm going to spend you know a hundred million dollars on four different free agents. I so, I, and I don't think we should rule out the Reds playing that contention too. Yeah. I mean, they traded for him for a reason, and I would be surprised if they traded for him for just a one-year rental. And they've shown a willingness to spend on like Joey Votto, for example, before Ken Griffey Jr. There's a long history. Well, that I mean, just last spending. year in free agency, they signed Mustakas Castellanos. Yeah, yeah. Right. They they retooled think, their whole uh, pitching department. Pitching staff like or coaching department yeah. <laughs> they expanded Sunny gray as well yeah they, they i think with bauer you're gonna overall see uh as rudy said i think i mean if it's a one-year deal uh, i think you you have a contender like the dodgers or the yankees that are like we have anywhere from 25 to 30 million dollars let's just over over quote unquote overpay him um one year 30 million dollars we have that room in our cap space in in our um, cap space under the yeah sorry <laughs> the luxury leagues. tax uh, uh, under the luxury the CBA tax is right for a vote yes Un- under the luxury tax let's do it let's go win a championship i think that that could be a ha- that could be a thing i think you could also see a team like the padres or the angels who will be out there um offering a bigger longer term contract uh a big long term contract because they need the pitching like because they they you know yeah Let's be honest. I mean, the thing that's going to stop Bauer from getting paid the most is Bauer himself. I mean, like, I don't think we have to, like, <laughs> mince words. Like, I, I get it. Like, at the end of the day, like, people are going to sign an ace regardless of his personality. And, like, I think all of us as fans thoroughly enjoy his personality. But I think it's pretty – it would be pretty naive to act like that's a such a strong personality. You can just block him in any clubhouse and it works seamlessly. I mean, there's – I'll just say a file right here. There's absolutely no chance that guy will ever play with the New York Yankees. That's just never going to happen. I I, th- I think, too, it's like he's going to make his decision based on where he is going to feel like he's accepted. And, yeah, m- probably might not be the Yankees with how their culture is. And the way that Dodger fans react to him on Twitter, I don't think it's going to be the Dodgers. I'm going to be honest. Dodgers fans are not deciding – what the Dodgers do with Trevor Bauer. Um, that's Not what the that's, Dodgers do with Trevor Bauer is what, what, Trevor, what Trevor Bauer does. Dodgers will certainly offer him a contract, but he doesn't have to He doesn't have to pick it if he doesn't want to come. The real question is, does he go home, uh, does he go back to Southern California and uh, play with his buddy Clev? There's, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of possibilities, which is why he's so interesting. And I'm going to go ahead and use this as an opportunity to tease our prediction podcast that we're going to do uh we'll be recording it today but it will be coming out later this week so keep an eye out for that if you are interested in hearing a lot of our predictions about free agents um all the top ones and and some some lower down ones all the like 
So there are other top free agents, um, you know, to name a few. There's there's like J T. Real Muto, George Springer, D J. LeMahieu, and and plenty plenty more. But I'll I'll make the next question a little bit more broad as well. Is we see a lot of the focus shifting on locking up players long term, and kind of dispersing that that annual contract out over many years if possible because like like was mentioned earlier it's easier to stay below that luxury tax threshold uh the way that things are currently designed so my question is with some of these other top free agents um do you think teams will use the uncertainty of the current situations right now to try to get longer term deals on these free agents that might in turn be more team friendly but more secure for the player like th- th- this is a thought that's popped into my mind that seems like a like a poss- like a legitimate possibility you see um possibly you know four or five year deals that are maybe a little more a little more stretched out than than would otherwise be expected just because a, a player might be chomping at the bit for something like that um ray do you see that as a possibility um yeah i i I do see it as as a possibility sorry i i will admit i sort of checked out i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and and let me answer this question then and and hope in hopes that he understood the question it might have been a little confusing but generally do you think i can answer there's a possibility that long-term contracts that are stretched out and maybe a little less value than than you'd expect might be might be on the table this year yeah, go ahead. Anyone who understood my question, go ahead. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think that's really going to change anything. No. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Maybe I'm not looking into this free free agency enough, or maybe I'm not looking at it the way I'm clearly not looking at this free agency the way you are. But at the same time, let's not act like deferred contracts and contracts over long periods of times for um, saving the money, uh, the the average annual value is a new thing. I mean, Manny Ramirez is still getting paid up by the Red Sox till 2025. Um, like, it, Yo, what? That's insane. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's not a new thing. And I don't, if you're asking if it's going to be a little bit more prevalent this year, if um, teams are going to be signed up, uh, t- signing guys for longer deals just uh, just to save the average annual value. I mean, I don't really think so. I think also you have to consider the age of most of the top players is decently around that time where they're either going to get a ten-year deal or like a three, uh, not a ten-year, like an eight-year deal, or like a three to four. So max. So it's. I don't think a lot of these guys are going to be. Like I don't think the focus is going to be ex- uh, extend the contract a little a year or two longer to make the average annual value a little lower. Mm, I actually disagree with that evaluation of the free agent pool. I don't think there's anybody on the free agent market right now that is young enough to warrant anything more than a five year deal at all. Just I'm just okay, looking so at the, just, the pool of free agents. Yeah. No, but okay. but ranging into that that you know four or five year territory in where otherwise you might you might not want to do that um if it is if it's going to result in in less annual salary for you but i always still look at this i i, I know it's a financial decision but i still always look at this on a baseball side too i you won't sign a guy you regard like in 2025 i don't think you're going to want to have a guy that you sh- you wanted to only sign for three years and who's just not doing much for you and you're still paying for them. I, it's there's still a baseball factor here, regardless of how this, how weird and how whack this offseason is going to be. And I can't, I don't think you you can disregard that. I don't think contracts are going to be extended by years um, to lessen the the financial blow. Ooh, you also have to realize this is a man scarred by the Albert Pujols contract. That's true. Uh, Josh Hamilton. He, he's been hurt. That he's been hurt books. too. He's been hurt I too think... many times. I'm a little confused still by the premise of the discussion. I'm not going to lie, but from my understanding, if it's about more years versus less, say more front-loading versus back-loading and deferred money, 
from what I understand, the way most front offices look at the contracts these days, and one feels sort of correct me, is that it's based on we expect this much war to be delivered or whatever metric over the, the course of this contract. And it's not really as important of like, it's not really more valuable to the team front offices if that's distributed evenly over the entire contract or if it's front loaded. I mean, ideally it's not back loaded, but I, I do feel like you see a, essentially a, a lot, most of the top free agents are paid with the idea that you're paying a premium in the long term for short, short term value. So I don't Regardless, think that change. Is that, am I, is that no, relevant? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I don't think that'll change. Like that's exactly, that's basically what I was trying to say is there is a set number of roster spots you can have for major league contracts. And I don't think teams would be willing um, to add a year or two to lessen the financial blow if they have to then at that, at some point, figure out how to deal with that financial blow of having a contract on their roster that's not doing much for them in terms of value okay yeah fair fair enough you know that's it was a question and you guys disagree that's that's a fair point it was it was not so much a stance i was taking even it was more just a thought that occurred to me is generally speaking money now better than money later but you know given circumstances that that could be bent a that's little not bit more how money works and just and just as a general economic rule, like you know, inflation. Isn't money, li- yeah, isn't money later worth more? No, that because of no, inflation. No, never no, mind, dude. It, Aha! It, I'm just late. It's late PM. It's late PM. It is. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Okay. Well, that's that's fine. It, it was. Uh... I'm totally not a business major too. <laughs> it is late. I'll give you that. Uh, and I think that that would be an okay. St- for for us to wrap up that kind of that kind of discussion right now um because my brain hurts now i'm gonna be honest with you Uh, (laughs) let's before we wrap up i just want to ask each of you who you think will be the busiest team to watch this offseason the most fun team the most active team there's always always the big player that kind of comes out of left field it seems nowadays um maybe looking for their window and I'm just curious who you think it could be, who you hope it would be. Well, let's just go around, uh, start with Rudy, and just here. Like, who are you watching? Uh, it's like, what's, like, my most unpredictable free agent set? Yeah, who do you think will be be busy bees this offseason? Oh, the team. The yeah, team what team? Though, what yeah. team? Yeah. I mean, the Mets, for sure, right? Is that a cop-out? Mm- no, I think that's fair. That's that's I totally think it fair. Has yeah. to be them. Okay. But wait, can I can I interject like one point on that? Can I add a little side note? Yeah. Are we convinced that they were actually smart in firing Brody? Like, was Brody actually like that bad that he had to be immediately fired? I'm just saying, maybe he was, but was it that obvious? Or it was really just a power play? Is my point? Is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I'm not a sure lot of it's if optics. It, if it was, yeah, that he was bad. I think a lot of it just that you know, new ownership, new kind of flashy ownership. Yeah kind of just clean house and restart with their own guys i do think there's a number of people who could accomplish what brody did given that he didn't accomplish very much results wise so yeah yeah it was it was not super shocking of a development seeing the mets clean house uh that is not a cop-out at all that is probably the answer Um, i'm curious to see if any of you have a different answer maybe a team that people haven't been thinking about as much with the mets getting a lot of attention lately uh, or maybe not Farbode or Ray, any anyone uh, other than the Mets. Uh, I I have two. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna break the rules here. I think you'll see the White Sox trying to do stuff to um, to speed up their their to get to be a legit contender um, outside of just being a pretty good playoff team. Um, I think, and then outside of that. You know who I'm looking at. I'm, what are the Angels going to do to get the Mike Trout in the playoffs again? For Mike Trout, please. I can't watch another 162 games <laughs> with two starting pitchers. <laughs> at least you got Dylan Bundy I, last I still, year. I will, but I will not be very happy about it. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> Ray, who, who, who are we looking at? Um, 
I, I, I do like the White Sox call. I think the Padres might, might be another offseason where Preller wheels and deals. Um, the Padres certainly sense that their window is now. Um, I think, you know, they could still use some pitching, in my opinion, and, you know, they they are losing, not losing, but, you know, they traded for Rosenthal. He's a free agent. Uh, Kirby Ace is a free agent. He was the anchor of that bullpen for the last couple of years. We'll see how they react to uh, their success in the 60-game season and how it kind of affects um, them going forward. So I think the Padres will certainly be a team to watch. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, aggressive teams will stay aggressive. No reason to think mm-hmm. otherwise. What about you, Uwe? Who am I watching? I, I'm going to go with my one maybe little sleeper team who actually did make the first move of the offseason, if I'm not mistaken. That's the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. who already snagged up Robbie Ray again on a one-year deal. I think they they want to make a push to build around the young core that they have. Like, like why wait necessarily right now? Like, you, you, can, you can do enough to bolster... The team and yeah, give yourself and they should a have chance. his last offseason too. To uh, they have the office on Hyunjin Ryu. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of moves at the trade deadline. So yeah, yeah, I think that, that's a good call. It feels there. like the table's set, and now the they gotta they gotta bring out some entrees. To, the team outside of the Angels I want most to be busy this offseason is the Marlins. Yeah. I think that'd just be fun. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the Marlins, Marlins had their fun. This this year. Hey, they were a playoff team. Get 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 even get, further. Yeah, yep. That's that's a weird thing to, to process. Don Mattingly not win manager of the year. <laughs> that's a weird. It's a weird statement. Twenty twenty, everybody. All right. Well, I think that's that's it for today. Uh, we went through a lot. I will I will say that was that was a lot to get through. But if you did make it this far, thank you for sticking around. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, make sure to rate comment and subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening uh we really appreciate it and also connect with us on social media at beat the shift bp twitter facebook and instagram we want to hear what you have to say and interact with you there uh check out our website beat the shift baseball.com it's where all our podcasts are articles everything else it's all there so that is it for today thanks everybody one last time as always farbode peace